Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. By the way, let's have applause for the sword. This is our sword. This is our sword. And what we're going to talk about today, which I think God put on my heart well, at least 10 days ago, and I thought I had two weeks to repair this, but then we got the mix up with the. <clears throat> so, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, you will not have to fight this battle. And you're like going, Brent, what do you mean? I still have to pay my bills or something. Yeah, well, you will not have to fight this battle. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about strategy, but we're also going to read um, 17, 2 Chronicles, uh, chapter 20, verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, see the deliverance of the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. This is important. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So, we're going to talk about how we're all going to get dressed up in our armor and we're going to grab our shields and we're going to put on our belt of truth and all that stuff and then we're going to go take position and then let God do the fighting. Yeah, can I get an amen? And <clears throat> the first thing we're going to talk about is up, up to this point is, is how we generally uh, we battle now because um, even though we know the spirit is where we belong. We still have a great deal of flesh. And uh, our, the first thing we want to talk about is, is to choose your battles. Um, choosing your battles, there's dozens of platitudes. Um, they go on and on and on. Most of the advice probably goes to um, married couples when they first get married and, and um, other things, and parenting. Like, oh, if the kids play the music really loud, you know, give them a chance once in a while, but don't let it bother you. And I thought this is really important about choosing battles because we live in such an era of sensitivity. It's, it's nuts. And, um, but I do know that things like um, the one platitude about never go to bed angry. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I've been through this. A lot, and and uh, I think that if you've been arguing with somebody or you've been going through something something since six o'clock and it's three a.m. in the morning, you probably want to get a rest, come back fresh, because with tiredness and your filter off, you're gonna say something really regret. So I think it's just better to walk away, and you can we can look at that in anything like a committee. Uh, and through the church and so on, where people get into this 
entanglement and they won't back off. Sometimes it's better to separate, put them in their corners, and then, you know, ring the bell again later or something. <clears throat> so we need to choose our battles. Uh, a lot of that, uh, like I said about the body of the church, I think is so important. And I'd like to, to point out that we all get along pretty good. As a, as a general rule, it's, it's good. So that's as far as we need to choose our battles. And especially in, in our age of offense, you know, we need to learn to lighten up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more, but we need not to, to have to answer to everything on Facebook and, and uh, Instagram and all the other things. But we're going to go into a little bit more. So what happens... What happens when you go outside... You're in a good mood, like I was back there at Nicole's birthday party. And you go to the mailbox or you see a package, and actually the return address says from your pal the devil. Because you're looking at it going, this can't be for me. It just can't be. We've all been there. I mean, something happens that you never would have anticipated, not in a million years. I don't care what a great planner you are or anything else, there's a bad diagnosis, there's um, the bill you didn't expect, the roof just fell in, your car has been fixed twice, um, it's died again, and the mechanic says it won't even qualify for demolition theory. <laughs> and getting to that point. So we've, we've kind of all been there. And um, we've had that message too, or, or the thing that sneaks up on you when you pick up the phone. And, and I know this person, you know that what's on the other line is not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. But we, we, all seem to, um, we all seem to somehow get through it, but I'm going to give some, some better strategies, I think. So we've had to call her the message. Now we're going to continue talking about a guy who really had some issues, Jehoshaphat. Now, <clears throat> I mean, Jehoshaphat, I, I, God gave me this because I barely knew anything about him. I heard the name, but um, I didn't realize that he was in such dire straits in the Bible. Um, I mean, here's a guy that obviously was in Judah. Um, the, the temple of Solomon was relatively new. Um, he was wealthy, he had armor, I, I, pretty smart guy. But, um, you know, stuff happens and uh, Jehoshaphat's going along and thinking, wow, this is a great day, when suddenly some of his men, probably that checked out, you know, kind of spying out the country to make sure there weren't enemies coming, coming to him, and I'm sure that must have been really comfortable it must have been like, uh, <coughs> I don't want to tell And the other guy said, no, you, you don't. I did last time. And so they're all, <laughs> they're all going together. And, and they're just thinking, this is going to destroy him. I don't even want to be in the same room. But uh, then they, you know, they could we'll tell him. <laughs> you know, with, with fearlessness, we'll, we'll tell him what's going on. 
And, uh, you know, they're, sorry, uh, but uh, we have three armies, and they're on their way, and they're going to be here real soon. And uh, all of a sudden, they were completely... I mean, Jehoshaphat was like, I'm sure, just like that dad story, he must have had that feeling in the pit of his stomach. Because after all, he's the father of Judah. And he's got, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I don't have time for anything. He goes, wow, God, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Edomites, I mean, all the heights. back with, you are my savior, you are my mighty king, my, you are my mighty lord, I couldn't you know, do anything without you. So I always consider that when I read the Psalms, but he's actually my fave. So here's Jehoshaphat, who has some experience. He has some experience. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> he did hang out with Ahab from Israel until um, they both didn't quite listen to the word of the Lord. And only two chapters uh, previous uh, to what we're talking about to, to, to Chronicles, um, if they had gone to battle and Micaiah, the prophet, said, don't do it. But they listened to all the prophets of Baal. And Jehoshaphat almost lost his life. And they have did. So, but he's got experience now. He knows better. I, I mean, he knows where to put his listening. So, um, so he's got all this stuff coming at him. There's no time for a plan. There's no time to, to get another army, you know, get one of his brothers to come or, or something like that. He has no other choice. There's nothing left for him to do. He doesn't have any plan. He, he doesn't, there's, there's nothing. No time for strategy, build up defenses, gather more forces. That's it. He has to go to God. That's it. That's all he can do. And to his credit, as we're going to see here, he, he didn't even think twice. I mean, when you got nowhere else to go, we go to God, right? Even though we all kind of say, oh, I take everything to God in prayer. I think a lot of times when we're in trouble, we, we realize that <clears throat> there's nowhere else to go. So, he's, he's got experience. This stuff is coming his way. 
And our other little strategy that we, we, we need to understand which Jehoshaphat had to ask God. He wanted to know, is this my battle? Because he already wound up in a battle he shouldn't have been in. And I think that a lot of times in our own lives, we have to decide, is this a fight I really want to be involved in? Um, I, I'm sort of talking into a culture right now that, like I said, we, we answer everything, um, you know, we're, we're responding to all this media and so on. Uh, and just a little story, uh, you know, deciding what a battle is, um, and if you should join it, um, never get between, as I've learned, a, a couple fighting. Because I, in bar rooms and so on, I've already told the story, I, I see some guy just backhand a woman, and I get really upset, so I go over and, and talk to him or whatever, and even if I saw the woman haul off and hit back, I, I, you know, I, I was still concerned, right? So I go over and sometimes he'd get at me, she'd get at me, and um, I was just feeling very foolish, thank God for the bouncers. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and, and also, you know, there was times when the bouncers would take him out, and then the woman would turn to me and say, what the F did you do that for? And like, he was beating me up. Yeah, well, you should see what's gonna happen when I get home. So, these are situations you probably don't wanna get into unless you have a real missionary heart for that kind of thing. You probably don't wanna get involved in those kind of battles. So, now that we know that we need to decide whether God wants us in the battle or not, like Jehoshaphat, are you wearing yourself out? Sometimes we get in so many wrong battles where we don't have any strength left our own. We kind of stick our nose into other people's business, maybe where it doesn't belong, or once again we're fighting with some guy in Idaho that he's voting for somebody you're not voting for. And, and we do like to win, I know that, but um, instead of worshiping God with thanksgiving for what he's doing, for helping you fight your battle, we're kind of off sticking our noses in other people's battles. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we just need to consider what we're doing more to preserve what we need, especially here in 2020. I mean, this is one of the most absurd times I've ever lived through where things are just coming at us like this. I don't care how smart you are, or how rich you are, how, I, I don't care where you're at, it, it's just we need to preserve everything we can so that the Lord can enable us to deal with it. Yeah, that's good work. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> Jehoshaphat did not see it coming. And we discussed that. Sometimes there's just things you don't see coming. Um, sportscasters, uh, I can't remember the boxer's name, I think it was, um, it doesn't matter, but interviewed uh, George Foreman, interviewed George Foreman, and they're going, George, which punch was it that knocked you out? And he's like, well, it wasn't any particular punch, it wasn't even 
the power of the punch, it was the one I didn't see. That's the one that uh, we all kind of got to be bobbing and weaving on, on that one because <laughs> it's always the one we didn't see that really floors us, right? And even though you plan, you plan, you plan, you think you know what's going on, it happens to us. And like I said, even when it does happen, <clears throat> God's there and for his glory, we need to be with him. So Jehoshaphat was shaken. He was totally shaken. But he wasn't really shook. You know, the guy has experience. And he's got some faith. And he went to his only research. And, and God, just like we have to say sometimes, God, <laughs> this is too big for me. Uh, not just one enemy, but three enemies. But yet, the, the, the book does say that he became resolved, which is a really good thing for us all to do, which is a, a sign of faith. If you can go, there's, I can't do this, I can't do that. It's up to you. And you resolve, there's something very strong about that. Resolve is, is forceful, it's just decisive. It means you know God's going to take care of the situation. So do you have something that's bigger than you? I, I think we all do at this time. And really there's only two kinds of people. There's people who have problems and people who are about to have problems. I mean, that's life. The Bible gives us solutions for problems all through it, scripture after scripture. It doesn't specifically address problems, but mostly it says come to me. And, you know, I, I never realized how many times in the Bible that it really says that I, I didn't get a figure, but... So, we have something here with us that we all have um, three ites, you know, Ammonites and all the ites. We have three that we <coughs> generally struggle with all the time. Now you notice there's a lot of threes in this. I think God's telling us something. But <clears throat> according to John 1, we all struggle on a daily basis, really, with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And just look around at 2020, we are really struggling with the world, the flesh, and especially the devil. Like I've never seen before. Um, you can fight one. I can fight one, I think. And, uh, it, you know, even, okay, I'll fight I'll keep the world over here and I'll put that up. I'll turn the Facebook off. And then, you know, I'll go over here and I know the devil's got sneers for me over here, but then all of a sudden we're fighting this and we're fighting that. And then our flesh, how, how can we fight when our flesh suddenly wants to become like the world? It's tough. It happens to me. I, I know it does. We're fighting three things all the time, all the time, in in a world where in a world where pornography. If you're trying to deal with a, 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 some sort of situation that you, you need pornography, or you're trying to help a young person, I mean, pornography can be right next to your Bible app on your phone. 
I mean, that's, that's just what we have to deal with and what we have to plan for. Um, I, we talked about my flesh, right? <clears throat> the world, the world of flesh and the devil, the world is our values, the flesh is our patterns, and the devil is the principality. All three working together to destroy our purpose. That's powerful. In other words, we talk about a, 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 some sort of problem that uh, comes up on the Noah's, but we are dealing with the three of these things every day. So we need to be in the Spirit all the time. We need to be next to God. We're fighting battles that we don't understand. And sometimes we have to look at the level that we're fighting or we will lose the battle. All these things are bigger than us, all three of these. And if we are facing something bigger than us, <clears throat> we go to God. He's our fallback, right? <laughs> he's he's our fallback all the time. So Jehoshaphat gets Levites. He does the right thing, and he goes to Solomon's new temple, and he's doing the right thing, and he's not taking advice from celebrities, he's not taking advice from politicians, and he certainly isn't talking to the media. He just goes in and he says, I need you guys right now. we got we got to worship, because we don't have time for a plan. We don't have time for anything else. And... Um, In Chronicles 5, that Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem to the Lord, and in front of the new courtyard, and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule all the kings of the nations, and power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Incredibly powerful prayer. I mean, <clears throat> this whole thing, this guy is just powerful. I don't know why I never even looked at it before. And then with everything coming at him in um, 2 6, I mean, in heaven you rule over the kingdoms and the nations. He starts out a little downcast, and then like David, he's coming up. He's coming up. Now he's like going, you are the Lord of the nations, power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. It's a process, right? Yeah. I think sometimes we all start, oh, Lord, why is this happening? And it takes, it takes a lot of effort sometimes for us to worship our way into trust and, and into that complete confidence in God. And um, Jehoshaphat is definitely, definitely on his way. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Now, <clears throat> there's a perspective on this that a couple pastors that I listened to had, which I think is, is kind of powerful, because... First of all, because of Abraham is your friend. 
I, I love to think of God as my friend. We think of him as daddy, puppy, um, father, we have all these things, but I love to think of him as, as a friend. And it's so important that he gave forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They have lived in and have built a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment, the plague, or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Amen. I mean, this guy is so powerful, but he's drawing an off. You gave it to us, God. You, you gave it to us, and if you gave us a possession, and you gave us something to steward, you're going to take care of it. So Jehoshaphat's kind of putting, uh, got a little bit on the money here um, in a nice way. And then, <clears throat> but now, here are the men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them, and it did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of possession you gave us as an inheritance. Jehoshaphat now is kind of, he's not playing a blame game, but he's like, oh God, Father, Sir, this really isn't our fault. There's nothing, we, we've been doing everything right, but you didn't allow us to go in and wipe these people out. When, when Moses came over, he did, you know, God did it because of the Edomites because Esau's inheritance. Esau was Abraham's son, maybe not his favorite son. Isaac was probably that. But God, because he made promises to Abraham, said, all right, these people have to stay. You can't wipe them out. So uh, Jehoshaphat is kind of putting God like, you know, we need some help here because <laughs> this is not a war. It never should have been our war. Is is what he's like, uh, what he's saying here to to the Lord. Abraham is God's friend, as we just had this related, and it's good to have a friend. It's good to have a friend, not only a friend, but a friend who will fight for you. This is so important. This whole thing is about letting God fight your battle. So it's good to have a friend who's going to fight for you. I, I do have a, a, a little story from high school. I, I mean, I was with uh, an art class guy who was in Golden Loves and John Bermudez. John Bermudez uh, used to punch me all through class, every class. And, you know, I was getting like, bruises because he sat right next to me. And the teachers at Eastern High School there was so much racial, you know, right? There was so much racial problems going on and everything. They were kind of like, unless there was blood, there's no big deal. So I turned, I turned around one day and I stopped and I knocked him completely <laughs> off the chair. And keep in mind, this is guy, this guy's got the reputation of golden gloves and everything. And I thought, oh boy, here's here's gonna throw down. So I walk outside of the class and he walks up to me and. I'm using an accent. This is a cultural appropriation. It's just a big story. And he goes, <clears throat> he goes, man, 
Nobody ever hit me like that before. <laughs> because anybody ever give you any trouble? Anybody, anywhere. I had a bodyguard for the rest of my high school career. I could do not. Not only was he my bodyguard, I mean, seriously, he walked by and go, no, Tim. <laughs> it was just amazing. Years after, I'd see him someplace in Lansing and he'd go, you want me to take care of somebody for you? <laughs> so it's good to have somebody who'll fight for you, right? Amen. It's good to have, and by the way, John Bermudez is probably in a wheelchair. So at this point in life, I'd probably choose the Karate Kid over here, or maybe Miss Celtic Angst Warrior over here. You know, I figure I, I could do pretty good, and I, I, I bet they'd fight for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so it's good to have somebody to fight for us, but you know, that's what God is doing for us. If we let him, we have to let him. So, Turn someone right now and say, I'm going to fight for you. And then turn to somebody and say, but God's going to fight for you. Doesn't that feel good? God's going to fight for you. I mean, we always talk about fighting in here anyway. I mean, Jesus, this is a war zone up here. This isn't our fault. Um, how, how do we fight a battle that's, that's not your fault? Like Jehoshaphat, it wasn't his fault. And in our own lives, genetics can often be a problem. Genetics can be something that's so deep and so hard, it's hard to break off. It can be health issues. It can be bitter roots. It can be things that, that really take a lot of time to deal with. So genetics are something we also deal with in our lives that, that uh, sometimes they actually fight against us. Yeah, generational. Generational, yeah. And then there's, there's other things that sometimes we have to be responsible for something other people did. Or we feel responsible for something somebody else did. And if you go into shame, but you take responsibility, you know, for my part, I'll take responsibility. That's good, but it's kind of slippery slope because before long, shame will drive you away from the presence of God, which is where we all need to be to get out of the situation. Um, even uh, a situation, even if you created it, this is a very important point. Sometimes, even if we didn't really create it, but we were part of it, and we take the burden on ourselves, then we accept the shame, then we, you know, God, I know you're not going to help me because I don't really deserve it. There is sort of that in the air right now in our culture. And um, I hope we can break that off and we need to pray into that. Um, there's nothing worse. Now, you talk about the walk of shame, but we know we're we're, we're kind of throwing that off as we cross the bridge. But a culture of shame, that, that's really difficult for an entire country to endure. And I hope, let us pray, that we can break that off soon.
So, God doesn't want us to be ashamed. And Jehoshaphat actually, now this is an interesting perspective. When the people of Judah came together to um, seek help from the Lord, and if it's bigger than you, pray like Jehoshaphat. So we've been kind of talking about that anyway, but there's a little more about that Jehoshaphat prayer. Verse 11, see how you are paying us by coming to drive us out of your possession. You gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. Anybody got that vast army right now outside your door? Let's all say it together. We do not know what to do. God, wow, that's loud. <clears throat> we do not know what to do without you, God, without you. Lord, we see that you are paying us by coming to drive us out in possession. You gave us our inheritance. This is for all of our battles, and if God gave it, he is going to protect it. The idea of 10 and 11 here is that if God gives us something, he's going to take care of it. And it's going to be in with you. It's not going anywhere. If God gives you something, he's going to be there to help you fight for it. Very important thing to say. And if you are God's possession, and he gave you something to possess, Steward, it's, it's not your power that matters. It's not your power. When it's God's possession, it's God's problem. If it's, if it's lost in your heart, if it hits your heart that if God's possession is God's problem, then you realize you are his treasure, you are his possession, you are his son, you are his daughter, you are his friend. Your friend knows how to fight. Can we say that? Your friend knows how to fight. We need a fighting God. It can give you lots of confidence just to say that over and over again as you face your battles. Verse 12. Our God will not judge them, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us and we know not what to do. If you're there, not right now, say, I do not know what to do. I don't know how to fight. I don't know how to fix it. But yes, I know you are because I am too. God says if you will change the focus, if you change your focus, he will fight and, 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 and come in he'll come in because all of a sudden you're not staring at the giants in front of you change your focus this is a lot about focus matters it's not your power when it's God's possession it's God's problem if it's if it's lost in your heart if it hits your heart that it's God's possession is God's problem, 
then you realize you are his treasure, you are his possession, you are his son, you are his daughter, you are his friend. Your friend knows how to fight. Can we say that? Your friend knows how to fight. We need a fighting God. It can give you lots of confidence just to say that over and over again as you face your battles. Verse 12, our God, we do not judge them, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us, and we know not what to do. If you were there, not right now, say, I do not know what to do. I don't know how to fight. I don't know how to fix it. But yes, I know you are because I am too. God says if you will change the focus, if you change your focus, he will fight and, 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 and come in. He'll come in because all of a sudden you're not staring at the giants in front of you. Change your focus. This is a lot about focus. Focus, worship, focus, worship. It's really not that hard. Uh, Tony Evans tells the story about David, how David changed his focus. He comes running into the army. He comes running into the army, and um, he's 15 years old. He's just a little guy. There's all these grizzled veterans hanging around with their armor, and they're like, come on, what are you doing here? I mean, we, none of us are going to go up against this guy. What do you think you're going to do? And he said, well, I'm, I keep running in, and I'm ready to tackle this guy. Who's like what? Seven foot six, nine foot six. I can't remember cubits. I can't remember cubits. <clears throat> but he's huge, hundred pounds worth of armor. Now this is interesting. From Doctor Tony uh, Evans, he goes. He goes. David saw it different. He looked at it with a different perspective. And <laughs> this is kind of funny, but this is his thing. He went to the other men and he said, "Look at this." pagan over here. He's uncircumcised and he's not of our God. So all these guys look at this nine foot six and David's going, he's an uncircumcised pagan. This is no problem. He's, he's changing the focus. He's not looking at this nine foot six guy. He's kind of mocking him. This guy's just an uncircumcised pagan. And then of course, he believed that God was going to help him kick butt, and he certainly did. I, 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 you know, it's kind of a weird story, but it does absolutely demonstrate that if we change how we look at something, it can change everything. It can change us in the spirit. That giant thing in front of us doesn't look so big anymore. So change your focus. Praise and worship, and you will win the battle. We're um, on first <clears throat> 13 right now. All the men of Judah, with their wives and the children, little ones, stood up before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jeel, son of Mattaniah, a Levite, and descendant of Asad. And he stood in the assembly. Um, the perspective on, on this particular part of the verse 
is that it was important to read everything because this demonstrates God's promise. He gave these people this territory and his promise is how generation after generation after generation, God is always good and he's always there. So um, it's really important that we kind of fit that in and it's good that all the children of Judah now have come together. So everybody's praying for, for God to defeat these guys. When you don't understand the nature of the battle, you might use the wrong strategy. Sometimes we're losing battles because we are on the wrong level. For instance, are we fighting with the world or flesh? Are we fighting in the spirit? Yeah, yeah it, it's good. Now, once again, we're, we're constantly Instagramming, gossiping, which is part of it, and we want to fight it all. I mean, we want to fight that guy in um, Idaho, but listen to God, and he will tell you something very important. He's been doing it with me on Facebook all the time now. Not this one. Don't comment. Don't answer. Leave it alone. Let it go. Because, and, and even if somebody's on there, if, uh, if you just listen, not really respond, take the 20% that might be right, uh, and because <clears throat> otherwise, you know, you're dealing with a fool and you don't need any more fools for friends, right? Now, Jackie Robinson, the baseball player, Jack, right? Pardon? Was that his number? Okay. <clears throat> awesome. Well, when they came to him, because he was so good, and he was starting something very new, right? <laughs> and they, they came to Jackie, and they said, um, they said, well, we really need somebody that can do this and do that and go out and win over the public and everything. And he goes, what's the matter? Don't you want somebody that can fight? And actually, the guy turned to him and said, no, we want somebody that won't fight with the racial slurs. We want somebody that can be man enough to take all this into account because it's going to be rough for you out there. And we can't have a fight every single game because somebody calls you a name. I thought that was really powerful, especially in today's era. So let God sort it out. We don't fight much in this body, and I'm grateful because I know it's not about us. This body is not about us, it's about it. Turn to your neighbor and just say, it's not about us, but it's about it. We need to solve the problem together, and we're going to, or we're going to lose the fight. So we do, we absolutely do need each other, absolutely, to figure out it, which there's a lot of it out there right now. Um, anger, vulnerability, if you can uh, help some, somebody else fight fear, you can then proceed to work it out together. We can defeat through worship and working together. We can defeat addiction. We can defeat through worshiping fear, anxiety, overspending, eating, and all this through, through worship as well as deal with this climate that we have of, of um, you know, the blame culture and 
and all these things that that just fill the air with such a bad, bad taste. You just know something's wrong. Worship, worship, and worship. Instead of fighting flesh, let us fix our problems in worship. If it's too big, don't fight it. If it's too big, it's not your battle. Often we waste our time worrying, exhausting ourselves, completely at the end of our rope over a battle that's not ours. We need to give the battle back to God. God wants his battle back. Because every time he fights a battle for us, we he gets the glory. We give him the glory. Get in position not to fight. See, conceive of the deliverance of the Lord. Tomorrow, march not against them. They will be climbing up the passes, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerusalem. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Isn't that great? Amen. Now, when you were in prayer a, a little while ago, the, the prophet actually gave them enough of a word that, because they were getting ready to fight, they didn't feel like they had any choice, right? We, we all think that, right? There's times when it's like, we don't have any choice. We have to, we have to fight this battle. So they were all getting geared up, and the women were trying to hide the kids and everything, until the, the prophet prayed with them all together, and all geared up, they walked out on the battlefield. And a wonderful, absolutely wonderful thing happens because they started singing. Not, not just, not just, you know, just worship, prostate and stuff. The, the, the Levites and, and everybody in the group said, you know, we need to sing. This is what God wants. Doesn't sound like much of a, a strategy, but God fights for us through worship. God is fighting for people. God is fighting Judah. God is fighting for you. Win by focusing on the goodness of our God. And go out. Now, this doesn't mean you don't have to face Him. But put on your gear, put on your helmet, grab your shield, whatever. Go out and face what's coming after you. And then let the Lord deliver you. Yes, give them thanks to the Lord for his love and cheers forever. We uh, focus on God, but not the Goliath. And we've been fighting in the spirit, not in the flesh, and we need to worship. And it's not too big. If it is too big for you, it's not your battle. If it's too big for you, it's not your battle. Let's all say that together one last time. It's too big for you. It's not your battle.
So the wonderful, the wonderful conclusion, and I won't even read the words, the vast army. I mean vast. When you use the word vast, that's big. That's three armies. That's big. That's vast. I mean, like, you know, you look over the hill and all you see is, is bodies, right? Well, um, the Lord ambushed them through worship, and they turned on each other. And when Jehoshaphat and his men walked up to check out the battlefield, all they saw was dead bodies. Forever and ever, they just saw endless amounts of them. So, I am closing. <laughs> and <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for fighting our battles. Lord, give us the um, give us the the faith. Because and give us the faith and the focus. We need the faith and the focus. We need to focus on you so things don't look so big. But give us the faith to believe that you will fight our battles, God. Give us the faith that through worship and through singing we can conquer anything in our path because you're going ahead of us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey because God is good and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.